you, Jesus. I'm excited about what the Lord is going to do. Amen. Is anybody excited about what God is going to do in the house today? I mean, if you have a Bible, why don't you turn to 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. And uh, we'll read a few verses here. And uh, I'm thankful not just for what God is going to do today, but what he's going to do throughout this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, if you haven't already, please pick up one of these. They're at the, the Welcome Center, which is at that table uh, when you first come in. And I uh, just grab one of these half pages. And um, we're going to be doing a progressive fast over the next 21 days, uh, ending on February 9th. And I am believing for God to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I don't know if anybody else believes it in the house, but I, I believe that God is going to do amazing things. We have that uh, we have that frame in the back, and I, I'm believing that we're going to have more marbles placed in that frame in, in the next 21 days. And in the last three months, I believe we're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe that God is going to respond to the obedience of his people and that God will do wonders in our time. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 13, I give honor to Pastor Sister Ford. We're so glad to have them back. Um, so thankful that uh, that they that they trust me to, uh, to to be here and to minister to you all. Um, I don't take it lightly. In Second Kings chapter thirteen, being in the verse fourteen, we're reading about. It says now Elisha. I'm reading from the modern English version. Now Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die, and so now we're at this time where Elisha, who was the servant of Elijah the prophet, both were prophets for Israel. And now we see that Elisha is about to die. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder sometimes if Elisha, if Elisha wondered if he would go out the same way that his master had gone out uh, in just the chariot of fire. And, uh, and sometimes I wonder what was going through his mind when he became sick and perhaps he even perceived that this was going to be uh, his time. But he served the Lord faithfully still even in his last moments. And so Joash, the king of Israel, went down to him and he wept before him and he said, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. Elisha said to him, take a bow and arrow. So he took a bow and arrow and he said to the king of Israel, draw the bow. So he drew it and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Then he said, open the east window. So he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. So he shot, then he said, the arrow of the deliverance of the Lord and the arrow of deliverance from Aram. For you must strike Aram in Aphek until you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrow. So he took them. Then he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck it three times and stood there. Somebody say, strike the ground. Today, with the help of the Holy Ghost, that's what I want to preach to uh, you today. I want to. I want the, the Lord wants to minister to us. The word "strike the ground." Can we uh, lift up our hands all across this room, and can we begin to lift up our voices? And can we say, "Lord, have Your way"? Uh, whatever it is that You desire to speak, God, however it is that You desire to challenge me, God, I pray that You would speak to me, God. Anoint 
my mouth, my mind, my heart today. Lord God, if there's anything in me that would limit your word, God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would cleanse me in this moment. And God, cleanse the hearts of our of the people today, Lord God, that we might be able to speak your word and hear your word today without any stumbling block. God, have your way in this service today. God, that is all that we desire. God, I don't want to leave this place the same way that I came in. God, I don't want to go through 2020 the way I went through 2019. But God, I'm looking, Lord God, to sacrifice more than I've ever sacrificed. God, to give more than I've ever given. God, because the time is running short. God, I know that you're coming back. And Lord Jesus, I need you to have your way today, Lord. We don't know how many services we have left. Jesus, have your way in this place today. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. You guys may be seated. Maybe say, I want you to find three people and just say, strike the ground. Strike the ground. And so in this part of the scripture, as we said, we see that Elisha is getting ready to die. And the king comes to him. And Elisha, no doubt, is on his deathbed. Because uh, it wasn't just a sudden thing, but it was an illness that, that, that overtook him. We don't know what kind of sickness or illness it was. We just know that this is what caused Elisha to die. And the prophet had uh, had so much reverence in the eyes of the king. The, the prophet had so much prominence and so much importance. The, the word of the Lord was so important to the people because they, they, they depended on it. And they, they knew the power that the prophets possessed. And, and they knew how, how valuable it was to have a prophet in the nation. It was a sad time for the prophet to be dying. And so the king comes to Elisha and he says, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. By this he was saying that, 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 that Elisha, you are the representation of the power of Israel. Elisha, you are the representation of everything that Israel, that everything that Israel needs. You, you, you are the reason why we are anointed. You're the reason that we have victory. You're, you're the reason if, if you tell us to fight, we know that we're going to win. If you tell us to, to, to avoid it, we know that we would lose. Elisha, we're dependent on you. It's not time for you to die yet. And so he says, uh, you, you, you're the chariot of Israel. You're, you're everything that represents our strength and our power. And he comes to him and he, and, and he says this. And, and, and no doubt he's crying. He's, he's emotional. And, and Elisha doesn't even acknowledge really what he's saying to him. He just gives him a command. He tells him, uh, you know, he knows that the king is worried, but he but he. He's going to leave him with something. So he tells him to take a bow and arrow. And he's saying, which would have been very interesting if, if I, if, uh, you know, I don't, I don't expect Pastor Ford to be passing away anytime soon. But if I went to him and I said, oh, man, I'm so sad. I'm so, uh, you're, you're everything about Lighthouse Tabernacle. Oh, man, I, I don't know what I would do. I, it would be very weird if I was crying and, and, and weeping and, 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 and this. And, and he just said, hey, grab an arrow. I think <laughs> I think I'd be a little bit confused as to why he was doing this, but Elisha knew that there was something more important than the king giving him props. There was something more important than the king giving him accolades. There was something that God wanted to do. Elisha knew that it wasn't about him. 
but it was all about in being in alignment with the word of God. And so Elisha decides to give the king an opportunity to recognize God's power beyond the prophet. That it wasn't just about the man, but it was about the authority that the man represented. And so Elisha gives him this instruction. He says, take up a bow and arrows. And so this king does it. And he says to the king of Israel in verse 16, he he says, uh, draw the bow. So he drew it and Elisha places his hands on the king's hands. It's interesting to me that Elisha had the king get ready before giving him a target. He had him draw, draw the, the draw back the bow, and, and, and hold it. And if anybody's ever shot, you know, uh, an arrow, there's some tension that's there. And 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 I'm sure they didn't have uh, the special technical ones that, that we have nowadays, where they make it very easy for you to pull back. But but no doubt this would have been very strenuous and would have required a lot of strength. And and who knows if the king had was really versed with, with an arrow because he's at Elisha's house. And, and he tells them to, to pick this up, and, and, and Elisha comes up behind him, and he places his hands on the king's hands. And, and because he's about to teach him a lesson here that, 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 that what you're about to do is not necessarily about you, and it's not necessarily about your strength, but it's about your willingness to obey my words. And so he has him get ready before he even gives him a target. And, and he tells him to open up the east window. And he, and he has him shoot out of the window. And, and, and I think for us, what this tells us is that revelation follows ready. Revelation follows ready because the, because the king, notice, did not come to Elisha to beg him for something. The king did not come to Elisha to ask him, could you give us one more year? Could, could, could you perform one more miracle? Could, 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 you, could you give me something? Could you give me more power? All he does, all he does is he's going to Elisha to give him honor. And when he gives Elisha honor, Elisha gives him something that he needed and he didn't even have to ask for it. You see, when we come to God, not just begging, not just pleading, not just asking, but we just come into the presence of the Lord to give him honor. God will give us everything that we need. This is why the Lord told us, take no thought for tomorrow. He's saying, he wasn't just, he wasn't saying, don't worry about your bill. Don't, don't, don't have a budget or anything like that. He, he was saying, but if you just come into my presence and you just decide to give me honor and you just decide to give me praise, you won't have to worry. You won't have to fear about what's happening tomorrow. I will will give you everything that you need. Most of the time, we don't even really have to ask God for things, and sometimes he instructs us to, and sometimes God leads us to, to things, but sometimes we spend so many days and so many hours pleading and begging and asking, God, can you do this? God, I, I need this. God, I, I need help. But before, but, but, but before, before, we, before we, we ask for those things, we forget to honor God. I believe for a while we had the, um, we had the tabernacle prayer out in the lobby, I don't know how many people took those. I remember uh, Pastor had handed out, uh, I think all of them at, at one of our uh, one of our midweeks a few months ago. But but the the tabernacle prayer was, is so powerful, and I I implore you to, to look it up during this time of prayer and fasting, and to use it as a model for your prayer. But it walks you through the the tabernacle, and it uh, it walks you through all of these different these different stages. It walks through the you know what the what the altar of incense was represented to. 
representative of and, uh, and what the brazen altar meant and what the labor of water meant. And so, and, and so but, but before you got to the point where you were asking God for something, before you got to the point where you were petitioning God for something, you were required walking through the tabernacle and through the tabernacle prayer to sacrifice something yeah. unto the Lord. It was a representative that 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 I, I, I'm not exactly who I'm supposed to be, and I don't really have the power. I don't really have the place to walk in front of this holy God and ask Him for something. I, I need I I need something to die before I get into the presence of the Lord. And many times we don't even know how to pray. And the Bible says we ask amiss. The Bible says ask and you shall receive, but it says ask you you ask amiss because because nothing dies before we get to the place of petition. The Bible tells us that God will instruct us on how to pray, that God will tell us the prayers that we need to pray, and then we can have confidence that everything that we pray will happen because we're praying according to his will. We get so frustrated in our prayers because we do not pray according to our will. We pray according to what's in front of us. And we wonder, why, why, why isn't God responding? We're not praying according to his will, and we're not able to pray according to his will because nothing is dying in our lives, and, and nothing is dying because we're not willing to be obedient. We're, we're not willing to listen to the Lord. We're not willing to do the things that God is asking us to do without having an understanding first. God wants you to be ready before he gives you the revelation. Get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Get ready, get, get ready to pick up that bow and arrow and to pull it back and to wait for the man of God to give you the direction. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Don't stop short, don't stop short. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus is telling us this parable of, of the servants with, with, with the talents and the ones with 10 and 5 doubled what they had. But all they had to do was increase. They didn't have to. They didn't double because uh, they didn't double because they were lazy. They could have just added one or two and said, "Oh, I've I've, I've done enough. I've I've added more than, than 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 what the master has given me. I've done well. I've done better. I've done more. I, 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 I've done." But they doubled because they kept working until their master returned. That's why they don't, because they kept on working. And the master recognized that, that, they, that they kept on working and they were relentless and they took what I gave them and they made more out of it. They kept on working until I came back. And today, that's what Jesus is telling us to keep on working until I come back. And you're going to recognize that one day, oh, I've got a little bit more than what I started with. I thought it was just a little bit. I don't know why he left me with this task, but now I've turned it into something. I don't know why Pastor is asking me to clean up the church but guess what in five years they're going to look back and say that turned into something I don't know why pastor and sister are asking me to serve to be a volunteer but you're going to look back and say this turned into something it's going to double it's going to triple whatever God places in your hands work with it work with it look at somebody say work with it You've got to work with what you got. You've got to work with what God places in your hands. And sometimes it doesn't really make sense. Sometimes he's placing a bow and arrow in your hands and, and, and you may be confused. But the Lord, just as the prophet did, is going to place his hands on your hands. God is going to place his hands on your hands. 
and give you the strength that you need to work. You may be saying, man, I am tired. I'm depressed. I feel weak. My body is aching, but God is placing his hands on your hands. God is placing his hands on your hands. God is going to give you the strength that you need to walk. God is going to give you the strength that you need to pray. God is going to give you the strength that you need to teach a Bible study. God is going to give you the strength that you need to fast. God is going to give you the strength he's placing His hands on your hands. And now the prophet tells him to open the east window. And the king king does it. He shoots because the prophet told him to shoot. And then the prophet tells him that this is the arrow of the deliverance of the Lord. And the arrow of deliverance from Aram, for you must strike Aram in Aphek until, somebody say until, until. you have destroyed him. You won't always know the purpose of what you have until you use it. He shot and then he understood what this represented. And so he tells him to take the arrows. So he took them and the king, and he said to the king, strike the ground, so the Bible says that he struck it three times or he fired the arrow three times and he just stood there. He just stood there. And, and, and the prophet gets so upset with him and he, and, 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 he, and he says that you should have struck it five or six times. Then you would have stricken Aram until you had finished him. Now you will strike Aram just three times. Just three times you're, you're going to be why, why was the prophet? Why was the prophet so angry with him? Why? Why? The, the prophet didn't give him any instruction. He didn't tell him how many times it would take to strike the ground in order to defeat Aram. He. It was kind of vague. It, he just told him to, to to shoot the to shoot the arrows. He didn't he didn't say how much it would take, how long he would be there. Should he get more arrows? Should he come back later? He, he didn't really. And, and so the king just stood there after he felt like he had done enough. But the reason why the prophet was so, was so angry is because he had given him the goal. He had given him the picture. He told him what this represented. He told him that this was the arrow of deliverance from the Lord. And that this would be deliverance from Aram who was oppressing your people. And so the expectation of the prophet was that if this represents deliverance not only for me, but for my people, for my neighbors, and for my sons and daughters, the prophet expected that he would use everything that he had in his quiver. And today the expectation is that God is saying use everything that you've got in your quiver. Don't just wait. Don't just say, Lord, I prayed five minutes. God, God, I've got to get to something. God, I've prayed an hour. I've got to get to something. However long God is leading you to praying, however long God is leading you to fast he's placing his hands on your hands and giving you the strength go ahead and empty your quiver empty your quiver empty your quiver I heard uh, Vesta Mangan say one time she said we ought to get to heaven dead tired she said we ought to get to heaven dead tired I, I don't think 
we're not going to look back. The Bible says Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. Oh, I probably quote this every sermon. It says, but for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. When you get to heaven, you're not going to worry about the extra hour that you spent praying. You're not going to, you're not going to, oh, I wish I prayed less. Yeah. I, I wish I fasted less. I wish I gave less to the king. I, 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 I wish I served less. You're, you're, oh, we're, we're, we'll be, you'll be so sad when you get to heaven because you gave too much to God. I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think on that day of judgment, we'll say, I, I wish I had one more day to give everything that I had. God, if I, if I knew that you were coming, God, I would have prayed another hour. God, if I knew that this was the end, I, I believe we would have been like the disciples. I wonder how they felt in the garden of the Gethsemane when the Lord had asked them to pray with him, to tarry with him. And I wonder what would have happened if they recognized that this was the last day that they were going to be following Jesus in the flesh. I wonder how long they would have prayed. I wonder how deep their agony would have been. I wonder, I wonder if their prayers would have been like Jesus. I wonder if their capillaries would have burst and their sweat would have been as great drops of blood. I wonder what would have happened if they recognized the time. What would happen if you recognized the time? How would we pray if we knew that the Lord was coming back at 2 p.m. today? How would we pray? How would we fast? What would we give? Who would we tell about the power of God? Who would we tell? Today the Lord is asking us to empty our quiver. The enemy will be defeated when we empty our quiver, when we give everything that we have. God is not asking you to give something that you do not have. God is not asking you to give something that your neighbor has. Your neighbor, your neighbor, may, 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 maybe they're maybe they're retired. Maybe they have more more time during the day. Maybe they maybe they have more time to pray. Maybe they have five hours to, to dedicate to prayer. God is not asking you to give the, that five hours when He knows that you're working overtime this week so that you can pay your. God is asking, dedicate what you have to me. Dedicate. God is not asking you to give a million dollars if you don't have it in the. God is asking, dedicate what you have to me. I'm not asking you to be like somebody else. I'm I'm not asking. Asking you, I'm not asking you to do what they did. I'm asking you to take what you have in your quiver and dedicate it to me, and I will multiply it. God, God, all that God required was for him to shoot arrows. He didn't require him to fight the battle before God would show up. God says, shoot the arrows, and during the battle, you'll have victory. God asked him to do something simple. And something simple turned into something magnificent. All he had to do was do the simple thing. All he had to do was do the easy thing. All he had to do, we'll look back in 20 years from now or whenever the Lord comes back and we'll say, my goodness, prayer, it would have been so easy just for me to spend 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night. It would have been so easy for me to just fast one day. It would have been so easy. It would have been so easy for me to say to somebody that Jesus loves you. It would have been so easy we'll look back and say would have been so easy and so the king strikes the ground three times and Elisha's saying that that you would have had complete victory if you did what you were supposed to do in the next verse Elisha says he died and they buried him and so they missed out the king missed out on his opportunity to 
hear from God in the same way that he always did. You know that we won't always be able to hear from God in the same way that we do now. Sometimes there's seasons that we go through where God has placed this, uh, sometimes it's like God places this, this barrier of protection around us, a season of, of just peace. And in those seasons of peace, God, God is, is, is releasing or relieving our burdens from us so that we have opportunity to get closer to him and to hear from him and to dedicate the time because God knows that, that there are some things that you're going to be facing. God, God, God knows exactly what's ahead of you. And so sometimes God will give us seasons of time where, where it seems like I can breathe. Things are going well. Things are going easy. My bills are, are paid on time. I'm able to save a little bit. Nobody, nobody, nobody is, is acting crazy. It seems like everything is going well. Nobody's sick. And nothing's, God gives us these seasons, and we take those seasons for granted. And when we get into the season where it's time, where, 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 where it's time for us to suffer, now we wonder where God is and why we're not able to hear him because we did not take advantage of the season of peace that God gave to us where he would give us the word that we needed to make it through the season of suffering. God's not going to delay the season of suffering because we were lazy during the season of peace. The season of suffering is still going to come. But God is giving you this moment in time right now to get to know him to be in his presence, to spend, you, you have the time right, you, you, you have the extra hour right now, you, you, you have the time right now, go, go ahead and dive deep into his presence, don't, don't worry about what you have to sacrifice, it's not going to seem like a whole lot, it's not going to seem like a whole lot, so how do we do this, what is it that we're firing, what are, what are the arrows that God is placing in our hands today, as the church of 2020, God is asking us to do the simple things. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 27 and 30, says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, that whether or not I come and see you, I may hear of your activities that you are standing fast in one spirit. Somebody say one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Do not be frightened by your adversaries. This is a sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and this from God. For to you it was granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. How are we going to defeat the enemy today? The arrows that God is placing in our hand is unity. It's unity. The Bible says that, that when we stand fast in one spirit and one mind and we strive together for the faith of the gospel, that, that this is a sign to our enemies of their destruction and our salvation, we will destroy the enemy 
by unifying together in one mind and one accord with one purpose, with one goal, striving together for the faith of the gospel, not against one another, but together. We're fi- I'm not fighting against Pastor Ford. I'm standing next to him, and we're fighting. We're forging ahead so that we can have victory. The arrow that God is placing in my quiver is every time that I decide, instead of, I've just spent, instead of just watching a video, let me call somebody that's sick. That's an arrow that God is placing in my quiver that I can fire every time I decide. Uh, uh, instead of instead of me spending this money on fast food, why don't I, why don't I find somebody in me? That's an arrow that God is placing. You know, our brothers and sisters that are suffering in this building. Why don't you give them a call? Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you teach somebody a Bible study? It's an arrow that God is placing in your quiver. We strike the enemy through unity, but unity is never accidental. People will know that they need God when we are unified. They will know. Do we understand the, the, the power of this verse here? They, 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 they will know. They, this is a sign to them of their destruction. People will know. People will understand the gravity that, 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 that this is. In another verse, Jesus said that they will know that you are my disciples by your love one for another. That This is so powerful. Our love and our unity for our brothers and sisters in this room. Don't, uh, d- don't, don't, don't just leave right after service is dismissed. Talk to somebody. You're going to need somebody, and they need you. Unify together. Let's unify together because we will know and we will be confident of our salvation. And other people, when they come in here, will say there's something different. It's not just about the music or the style of preaching. That's not what's keeping people. What's going to keep people is the love of the body for other parts of the body. That's what's going to keep people in this church when they see that people love each other here. They're unified together here. They might not even understand it, but they'll feel our unity. So how will we be unified? Can somebody help me? Brother Chris, can you help me? Can you grab some of these from the front or just grab the whole stack? The uh, prayer and fasting from the, on the welcome center. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to stand to our feet. And our our pastor has felt to... Have us, and if everybody can, if we make sure that everybody gets one. And if there's not enough, just at least at least one for every family. Our pastor has uh, heard from the Lord and has decided to obey the Lord's voice and to give us 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, when I look at this, I'm, I'm so excited about. I'm excited. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I've never been excited about fasting in my life, <laughs> but for some reason, this year, when I think about these next 21 days, I start. I start. I, I start to feel something. You know, I look around and I, and and sometimes I I see. I, I'm so thankful for the people that are here, but. Many times when I look at these seats while I'm playing or 
while I'm preaching, I'll, I'll see people that aren't here in the seats that they normally sit in. And I'll, and I'll remember, man, they should, they should be here. Now, some people are here because they can't be. Some people are sick, and we need to pray for those that are sick. Some people are here because they choose not to be. Or perhaps they don't feel like they belong here. Why, I get ex- why I've been getting excited about this next 21 days is that I believe that, that it's going to do something. And that this is our opportunity to be unified. This is our opportunity to fire arrows at the enemy. This is, we're going to defeat enemies during this next 21 days, not even for yourself. But I believe that the enemies, uh, the things that have been plaguing those that are not able to be here, that feel like they don't belong. I believe that we're going to be firing arrows at the enemies of our brothers and sisters. You may not struggle with depression, but we're going to fire arrows at depression during the next 21 days. Come on, you may not be sick, but we're going to fire arrows at sickness, at cancer, at diabetes over the next 21 days. And reports of healing are going to be coming in over the next three weeks. Come on, reports of victory. Come on, somebody's going to come and they say, I don't know why, but I just felt like this Sunday was different. I felt like I could walk into the house of the Lord because of our fasting and our prayer over the next 21 days. God is giving us a victory, but not just for a moment and not just for a season, but we're going to wipe depression off the face of West Hartford. Come on, we're going to wipe drug addiction off the county of Hartford. Come on, victory is on the other side of our prayers and our fasting. This is what victory looks like. And so this week, we're starting with fast one full day this week. And fast media one full day this week. I promise you, in that, during that day, perhaps you've never fasted before, a full day, uh, Perhaps you, you have and you felt weak or you felt weary at the end of it. It's, it's understandable. I get it. And I know that people have different you know, medical reasons. And so perhaps you it will be fasting uh, differently or so. But I know that the Lord knows our heart. The Lord knows our, our bodies. And if you really can fast, the Lord knows that you can fast. And, and, and guess what? If you pray and you ask, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you what, what that, that you'll be able to do. And guess what? During this fast... Lord will put his hands on your hands, and he will give you the strength that you need. And so today, this week, we're going to unify together. We're going to fast one full day this week. We're going to fast media one full day this week. And here's what I can promise you. At the end of this 21 days, we're going to look back over these. It's not even... Really, there's, there's, there's 10 days of fasting. We're going to look back and say, I think I could have done more. I think I, if you will dedicate your time to the Lord, if you will dedicate your mind to the Lord, you're going to look back and say, I promise you, I promise you, you will look back and say, I could have done more. You will say, I wish I gave more. You, the, the reason why, why, why we fast food is, is because this is, this is, this is what our, 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 body, our body needs, nourishment, of course. And our, and our flesh, uh, our flesh need, needs nourishment. And when we say, Lord, I, I'm, 
I'm putting my appetite for food to the side to increase my appetite for your word. Something happens. And guess what? If, if you've been struggling, if, you, if you're saying, man, I don't, I don't even really want to pray. I don't even really want to fast. If, if you will just do it, if you will be obedient to the, to the word of the Lord and to, and to what, our, what our pastor has given us vision for, if, you, if you'll just do it, uh, I, I promise you, you will start, something will, will start to change on the inside. And you'll realize, man, man uh, I, I'm going to dedicate to reading one chapter a day. Uh, but, 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 oh, man, I, I, I'm reading one chapter, but, I, but I, I'm starting to feel like I can do a little bit more. And, and I know I was just going to fast the 21 days, but, but, but I'm feeling like I can do a little bit. I, I know I said I'll, I would pray just five minutes a day, but, but something is happening on the inside. I promise you that your hunger for the things of God will begin to increase, and God will give you strength, and God will give you, quit, will, will give you bow, a bow and arrow. And place arrows in that quiver for you to strike. During these next 21 days, there will be healing. During the next 21 days, there will be victory. There will be deliverance. And whoever wants to be changed will be changed. If you want to be changed, you will be changed. Why don't we pray together all across this room? What I want us to do, I want us to ask the Lord. I hope you're not doing, you're not doing this fast for me. You're not doing it because I told you to do something. Or not even necessarily just because our pastor told us to. Because if, because if we get to the end of the 21 days and, and, and we were only doing it because somebody told us to, we'll, sometimes we'll, we'll end up resenting what we feel like we missed out on. If you don't want to resent this fast, we don't want to resent this time of prayer. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, help me. All across this place, let's close our eyes. Let's lift up our hands. Lord, help me today. Help me, Jesus, to recognize the purpose. Lord, to, to recognize that I'm not just doing this just because the church is doing it, but I'm doing it because I need to get closer to you, God. I need to get closer to you. Can somebody get honest with God? If you're feeling distant from the Lord, he knows. He's not surprised. Say, God, I am distant. I am not as close as I think I should be. Lord God, I, I, I want to be closer to you. Lord God, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Kiki alarabasikotolorobosata. If anybody wants the help of the Lord, why don't you step out from where you're standing and come into this altar and say, Lord, I am dedicating myself to you over these next 20 